Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all advancing. This update brought to you by National Real Team, managers of New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, and Florida cash flow real estate, offering safe, high-yield cash flow property units. See them at NR. IA.net. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. Here is Bill Maloney. And good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages are quiet today amid weakness in the retail space. Dow is currently higher by 22 points. SB's gained two, while the NASDAQ is little changed. He was 10 yield at 2.26%, and six of the main 11 SB sectors are trading lower, led by losses in telecom, consumer discretionary, and real estate, consumer staples, and financials led. NASDAQ Biotech's gain a point, transports rise 25, semis climb two, and the VIX is down by 4%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow are American Express, Apple, and Coca Cola, while Home Depot and Nike led to the downside. After earnings, advanced auto parts fell as much as 25%. Dick's Sporting Goods fell as much as 22%. And Coach fell 14%. Agilent and Urban Outfitters report after the bell. Live from the First Break News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Charlie? Okay, thank you very much, Bill Maloney. And we'll check back with you in just about 15 minutes with the latest right here on Bloomberg 960. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You were listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. about mineral rights and how it's been helping certain universities in the United States. Let's bring over Guy Patton, he's Chief Executive Officer for University of Oklahoma Foundation, and Janet Lauren of Bloomberg News, who reports on higher education. Janet, take it away with your first question. Great. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for having Guy. So the University of Oklahoma is one of a handful of schools that uh, received donations of mineral rights, in some cases decades and decades ago. And now because of fracking and new technology, it's bringing in millions of dollars per year. Guy, could you set the stage for us about um, how these holdings have been in your portfolio for a long time and the calls you started getting when you started realizing you all of a sudden had this new asset class that was quite valuable? You bet, you bet, um, and thanks for having me this afternoon. Um, for those of us in the uh, in the part of the country that have uh, oil and gas production as a, a part of our state's economy, um, the um, mineral rights are a fairly common asset, especially for individual landowners, um, and in our case, uh, for our donors. And oftentimes, those have been. Um, uh, gifts that uh, our donors leave to us in their estates and bequests because they're, in in many cases, were viewed as um, depleting assets or wasting assets, and that the the minerals would be exploited and then ultimately um, uh, be re- reduced over time and and simply disappear. So they gave us something in their estates and expected it to deplete to zero, uh, but as you said, Janet, that has that has changed pretty dramatically um, with new technology, both fracking and horizontal drilling, which has caused some of the dormant areas to become quite active uh, for exploration. 
Uh, indeed, both in different different zones and different sort of ways to drill it. It's it's been an interesting technology story in the oil patch. But tell us the story of of, of your endowment. Like, how did you discover you? Did you know you had these all along, and or was this something you sort of said, "Hey, wait a minute, those are worth something now." Well, it wasn't a surprise that we had them. Um, for the most part, uh, these properties either had produced uh, quite a bit at some point and then declined and were not producing or, or were still producing marginal amounts. Um, but starting really in 2006, uh, seven, eight, um, uh, things really began to change because, again, of the application of these new technologies. So uh, properties that had laid uh, near dormant or completely dormant for, for many, many years uh, we began to receive inquiries about from uh, oil and gas companies or or companies working on their behalf to to acquire these interests. So, so um, you just had, you had some old pump jacks just sort of working these 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 old plays without the new modern technology being applied. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Most of the wells were uh, virtually all the wells were traditional horizontal or excuse me tr- traditional vertical wells that weren't in many cases all that deep. Um, and and as I said, we're we're declining in their production. Can you tell us a little bit about the impact of someone named Henry Moser, who literally went to the school more than a hundred years ago? He he competed on the track team and he studied pharmacy. And why is he important to the school today? Well, it's a wonderful story, Janet. Um, as you said, he he graduated from the University of Oklahoma in 1912. Was a track star uh, here. Became a pharmacist um, in the in the area. Um, was uh, a relatively savvy investor. He he and his wife Ida lived a very uh, frugal lifestyle and acquired uh, assets and in particular acquired mineral interests based upon the advice he was getting from clients who would come into his pharmacy. Um, and 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 when he died in 1966, he left his estate to uh, Ida, of course, and then Ida ultimately, when she died, left it to the University of Oklahoma. At the time of, of Ida's death, um, there were mineral interests that were not insignificant, producing about $30,000 a year, which was a, a pretty princely sum at that, at that point. But, of course, the expectation would, was that those would decline. Yeah. Um, that, that really all began to change in the mid-2000s, as I, as I mentioned a moment ago. And um, the mineral interests that uh, Henry and Ida uh, left to the University of Oklahoma um, are, are, are now producing literally dozens and dozens of scholarships for pharmacy students as well as for track athletes in our athletics department. Um, the the yeah. Their interests were particularly strong in the scoop stack area, which has been very, very productive, especially mm. recently. Guy, can I ask, I mean, you bring up how many students this is helping. How does it sit with student groups at the moment? Because there has been some concern about gaining from climate change, water pollution, earthquakes, particularly the controversy surrounding fracking. Are they all out supporters of where the money comes from? I'm just well, 30 not- seconds, Guy. Okay, Please. we've not had um, a tremendous am- amount of, of those kinds of inquiries from our students here at Oklahoma. That that may be because of where we are and the you know the proximity that folks are here to the industry. Um, certainly, for those students who have benefited and and, and the students who have know it uh, from Henry and Ida's largesse, are certainly appreciative of of that result. And certainly, no one's turned their scholarship down. 
Uh, funny how that works. Guy Patton, thank you very much. Guy Patton, the CEO of the University of Oklahoma Foundation. And Janet Lauren, Bloomberg News, higher education reporter. You're listening to Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.